one person in this house is cheating on their significant other, and y'all need to calm the F down because it ain't Mariah. Plus, the core alliance finally comes into question. A team of three seems preferable to a team of two, but maybe maybe I'm the crazy one. Back-to-back -back girls days, fuckboy Emmanuel is here, and Melissa plays the parent card for every last bit it is worth, but that isn't enough to keep her in the game. It's the challenge, Battle for a New Champion, Episode 9 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge Universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me this evening, late on this Wednesday night. I got a late start on the episode, so a late start on the podcast, but we're still coming to you Wednesday night, BFANK. Episode number nine, we're getting juicy here. Things are heating back up. We had probably, probably the, I, I don't, the, the worst episode of the season last week, but relative because I am seemingly one of growingly few that seem this think this season is amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed this season. So relative to the season last week was a bit of a turn down. This was a turn back up. In my opinion, I liked a lot of went down. I have a lot of opinions about some of the things that went down, of course. So that is why we are here. Episode nine, B Fank. That's what we're covering. Quick program reminders before we jump in, we will continue with B Fank every Wednesday night, Thursday morning for the rest of the season, which is going to go well, 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 into the new year if they're really going one champ at a time here we've got a lot of episodes left people we're not even at the halfway point Horacio dropped we might be at the third way point in this episode so buckle up we've got a ways to go not so much for survivor tonight i have not watched the episode but the penultimate episode was tonight tony and i will recap that sometime over the course of the weekend things are real busy over here at challenge historian hq so when we get that recorded is up in the air, but we will get it recorded and then we'll be back next week one more time to talk Survivor finale. So that's what you've got this week, next week, and tonight obviously is just episode nine. So without further ado, let's dive on in. With this week's storylines, we're going classic mode, everybody, okay? Walk through the episode we will not be doing. We're just going to go classic old school, which is weird. I'm multiple years in. I can say old school. I'm 200 episodes in. I can I can actually feasibly say old school version of Challenge Historian here. Instead of the full-blown walk through the episode, we're just going to hit major storylines and talk about everything from the episode that has to do with that particular storyline one at a time here. I think I've got, what, four, maybe five on the list here to run through. So we will still cover it all just, you know, in the classic format, a little mixed bag bouncing around the episode versus going one to the end straight through it. That didn't make sense. We're off to a great, great start. But let's start here. Core Alliance finally on watch. We've been waiting. We commented last, I think it was last week's episode that, you know, I did the full breakdown of this is just how this this show goes. It's never not been like this. We've just maybe been more entertained in the past, but especially in recent seasons from Vacation Alliance into just Vet Alliance and into now this season, the pseudo Vet Alliance, kind of US, kind of really just Jay, Michelle and their besties alliance, the core group that is running this house. There's always one of them every single season. This season definitely had it. 
and it was getting a little boring and monotonous with who they were throwing in over and over and over. And finally, some people started to realize in this episode that Michelle, Jay, Narice, and Olivia, those four especially, are sitting extra pretty. They're running this game. Everyone else is just fighting to show loyalty and be on that next kind of outer circle of their little core alliance. Yes, we know that Asaf would like to think he is a part of that with Narice, Jay, and Michelle, the Fantastic Four, as they called themselves. I think that was the four of them that did that before, but he's in that outer ring too with the Corys, the Mariahs, the Ravens, the Burnas, the Colleens, the, the Manuels, the Kylans, the everyone that is trying to, Horacio that is trying to kind of glom onto it, be a part of it. But deep down, they know there's kind of a core at the group of this that we're, we're all trying to saddle up to, but that can't take all of us to the end. And at some point, we're all going to have to do something about this. And they start to realize that this episode, although they don't ultimately do anything about it. We get Kylan and Horacio. They definitely get it. They feel like they're they're for real, for real on the outside. They've actually heard their name murmured a couple times or just some disagreements have occurred. I liked seeing that. I thought maybe that meant we would get some action on it. I do think those two will act on it on a guy's day when it's truly their back against the wall and when it probably won't be effective, when in reality they need to realize, and if they were a little more seasoned in the game, they might realize the real way is you got to act on it on the girl's day and get the other women in the house on your side while also getting the other men that are potential to flip to realize how serious you are, that you'll do it. You'll put your neck out there on a day where you don't necessarily have to. And so they didn't realize that they don't do anything about it. I was a little bummed. I had had a lot of faith in them off that initial conversation to open the episode. As far as Ed goes, my guy, Ed, love, 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 Ed. I think he's just so happy. We've It's like the third episode in a row. The only moment of Ed we get is him like being friendly and having a good time with someone and then ending the conversation with, well, like you are going to go in, but like, it's cool. Like we're having a good time. We're fun, right? You're fun. I'm fun. Good times. Friends, friends forever, but uh, throwing you in, still going to throw you in good attempt. So I think he's just so happy to like breeze through another day and just get to, he can't believe he's living in this house, living this life. And he's just, he's there to have a good time. And whenever his name is called, he'll probably be like, okay, seems good. I'll play a game. Sure. Give me a game, whatever. So that's Ed. And then Raven, Corey, Emmanuel, Colleen, Berna, they're really the ones like fighting the most who like, I want to show, show loyalty to Michelle and Jay and Reese and Olivia. And they all seem to realize that maybe they don't need to be doing that or shouldn't be doing that, but they all still kind of are doing that. And especially Raven and Corey, like once you shot yourself in the foot, like, you know, uh, you're just, they have a reason whenever they need to finally say, we got to pick someone off from this outer ring versus the core you're going to still be easy to say for them and they'll have a reason, which is all they're going to need when they have to pick one of you. So especially those two, I'm thinking like, you gotta, you gotta maybe lead the charge over flipping the tables here and turning things back inward against that core Alliance. James and Zara, I guess just aren't doing enough politicking. Cause obviously they're the two that are left. James keeps referencing the UK Alliance. And I'm like, buddy, there was a UK Alliance. It's gone. Uh, they've all, everyone's gone. They're all gone. Kieran's gone. Callum's gone. Big T's gone. Melissa's about to be gone. I don't remember if there was other UK folks there, but if they were, they were gone. There's only two of you. It's not really an alliance anymore. You're two floating in the wind. 
they're not really doing enough to politic and make anything happen. I guess Melissa and Big T maybe retroactively we could say really weren't either. Like they were fighting for themselves, but they weren't maybe pitching great plans to the other side. Maybe Big T wasn't kidding when she said, I don't have a master plan other than just being besties with Melissa and hoping everyone loves me because I'm Big T and I'm amazing. And that unfortunately didn't work out in this instance. So Asaf and Mariah, I think, are the two, though, to end this first segment here are the ones that are actually going to be hurt when it comes their time they're the two that actually i think are gonna like not i think Corey and raven will they'll will, you know they'll be upset but they'll be like well i get it i think manuel berna colleen will all be like i'm a this is bullshit but also like i get that i'm not maybe as tight with the rest you guys as some of the rest of these people i think asaf and mariah are the two that are like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute we're like besties in this house what is happening here if and i think when their names both get called Second big storyline to talk about from the episode, we've got cheaters on our hands. Well, I shouldn't make that plural because I think we have one cheater, not two, and they definitely want to make it out to be two, and they definitely want to give one of the two a really hard time for it. Not that they gave either one a good edit necessarily, but uh, one of them is getting much harder time from her peers, especially than the other when she is not, in fact, the one cheating. So we've got fuckboy Emmanuel definitely in the house. And then we've got Mariah, who I call the self-conscious quote unquote cheater, because again, I... I don't know that I would label her as a cheater. It seems like a man. Well, if we're to believe that he has a girlfriend back home and that everyone says that he kind of says that right at some point. So yeah, I'm willing to label him a cheater in this situation. Um, so Emmanuel, let's start with him. Jordan could never first and foremost, Jordan would never, I'm, I'm kidding. I just, I love all the, I actually, I, for some reason, I find this silly contrived somewhat manufactured thing of like the, the poor man's Jordan or whatever people wanted to call that then Emmanuel took seriously, even though Jordan never did any of it himself. Um, and you know, turns his back on Jordan. I, I don't know why I find it. I find it entertaining, uh, which is weird. Some, if you just explain this to me in a vacuum, I would be like, nah, I'm not really, that's not my bag and that's not my thing. But for some reason, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I think it's fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's all I've got to say. I don't have a reasoning behind why I think it's fun. He's put in some work in both challenges houses he's been in. I mean, my goodness, this guy is getting around. And it was perfect that this episode was the one we find out about a lot of it. It's talked about, it's shown. Um, it's happening seemingly with maybe three different women in the house within days of each other here. And this is the episode that Tori is there at the end, who obviously was, uh, one of maybe more than, I don't know, at least one of the people that he was with in his first challenge house go around. So that was just perfect. Is he being a piece of shit? Of course he is. Of course. Um, but you know, does me enjoying someone on the show mean that I condone their behavior on the show or the romantic life off the show or anything like that? No, it doesn't. It never has. It never will. It's it's whether they're a good cast member and a good character and bringing entertainment. If we want to judge them as moral human beings and you know their actions in the house, we'll do a little of that when necessary when things when things get to a place. But at the I mean, we're thirty nine seasons plus all the other seasons on top of that into this thing. Um, someone sleeping around when they may or may not have a girlfriend back home doesn't really get me on my moral soapbox. I just found the whole thing funny and entertaining. Also, just got to say, 
dance moves plus confidence equals anyone wants you basically because it seems like every <laughs> doesn't seem like anyone else is uh put off by this seems like all three women very much know what they're signing up for here but uh when you can dance like that and you're ultra confident i guess it just equals you with your arm around two different women while a third one cries in the other room over feeling silly in believing you for half a second and going to the bathroom or away from the cameras with you now to mariah who shouldn't feel bad this is going to be short and sweet i think i've said it multiple times already earlier in the season when it came up i will say it again now <laughs> tory coming in saying bananas is distraught a joke factual knowledge that he is not and by factual knowledge no i obviously have not talked to the man i haven't talked to anyone uh, that's any part of this just we all know this is a fact he is not distraught over this okay um he's actually fucking thrilled that this is such a big story it went from it was referenced in an episode or two and he could tweet about it like oh someone's using me for clout blah 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 whatever to this is a full episode storyline and arc and then someone coming in being like he's distraught how could you her crying about how bad she feels the whole thing and it's like no no no, no. he's thrilled he might actually send mariah flowers probably for the first time after this and say thank you for getting my name all over this season that i wasn't even on that's amazing how how amazing of you you're the best here's some flowers great that's what he is thinking okay he's off on other at the time of them filming this he's filming other shows where he may or may not have also been doing similar things okay it's just he's fine he's he's fine and she is too or should be so I'm, I'm not concerned about Mariah's actions. I wish that everyone wouldn't be getting on her so much. I wish they wouldn't be turning this into such a big storyline because I don't think it needs to be. But uh, good for bananas because, you know, this is this is what the man does. He's the the king, one of, if not the king of reality TV uh, for a reason. One of, Certainly one of the kings uh, at this point. And uh, yeah, he's definitely loving this. Tori, though, what the fuck? Um, I don't think that was necessary for Tori. I would have enjoyed a different tact for Tori as far as her, you know, 10 minutes on the screen for the season, but whatever. I really just have the biggest question of who told her like who in the house is using their calls home to talk to Tori. I would have loved to see one of those. It doesn't seem like Mariah has called and told bananas. It doesn't like did production fill her in. It did production fill bananas in. It wouldn't surprise me, nor would I feel like negative about it on for either party. But like bananas has done whatever, 20 some seasons of this. You don't think he has friends in production? Like, are you kidding me? He's a producer in the field. Those people love him and everything he's brought to the show and done for the show. So I'm guessing he's found out about this. And now then Tori finds out about it because of maybe some people in the production. I don't know if. I need answers. I need answers. And so if any of you find folks out there listening right now that listen to a bunch of the other podcasts and someone shares one of the answers, if you can share that back with me, I'm not going to be listening out of time to listen to any, maybe any of the other podcasts all weekend long. So if they confirm how she found out who told who, whatever, what the telephone chain was, DM me on Instagram and fill me in, help your guy out. Okay. Thank you. Third storyline then is the daily challenge itself. I'm just going to say what we're all thinking while we watch. A three-person team seems a little bit better than a two-person team. Does it not seem like it's a little fair? The team that wins all three rounds happens to be the three-person team instead of the two-person team because carrying things is easier with three people. Um, and 
putting a puzzle together is probably easier with three people as long as you're not just yelling at each other than two people and just in general it seemed like that was a little uh i don't know the the pairings the pairings were interesting for a random pairings i'll leave it at that I got flashbacks during this to uh, Evan and Coral way back when on Fresh Meat 1, one of the great what-ifs uh, ever, one of the most dominant teams we've ever had that did not win because they both got injured over and over until finally, finally, finally having to remove themselves from the game when they had to do some challenge where they pulled a big heavy sled across a muddy field and it could barely move. And Evan, who had a hernia, tried to pull this huge thing basically by himself and could have died like that's not an understatement I mean, when you have a hernia and you did that the most physical exertion possible could have died could have happened uh, uh coral at that point pops her knee out they both go to the hospital they end up dqing i had flashbacks to that Horacio is a beast mariah couldn't do the one thing she seemingly should be good at the strength thing those legs like didn't get that way on their own like she's in the gym all the time but then it comes to just pushing the sled, pulling the sled, and it wasn't looking so good for her and Jay, so not great on her part. Michelle handles the situation absolutely correctly. I I, I was really proud. I was, I'm not going to say for once. I almost typed in my notes and was going to say for once. I would say for like twice. She doesn't, she handles some situations good, some other ones not so good. I love her to death. She handles this one good though, of like realizing it's okay. They're all stealing from me. Like I'm protected kind of playfully yell at everyone, not do anything. And then of course, later she yells back at her number one, Jay and Mariah. And it's really funny. So loved all of that. I knew, I know everyone is in an alliance, but um, is Emmanuel the only one trying to win? Because thank goodness that he at least gave us the 1% of drama that was involved in the, what they obviously set up to have a lot of drama of the stealing your sticks is supposed to take a lot longer. This isn't supposed to be five down and backs. Okay. For this to be over. And Emmanuel's the only one out there stealing sticks, him and Berna at least giving us like the smallest bit of drama in there. So thank you to the two of them. 3d puzzle at the end. One of my faves love the 3d square puzzle. I still stand by one of my, uh, one of my big random takes that I feel so strongly in. And that would have altered everything in the challenge universe is Jordan and Marlin rivals two. If they aren't eliminated for being in third at the time of that opening 3d puzzle, I think they win that final. That's super up in the air. How can you ever know? I just feel like they would have. Uh, I think they they would have overtaken in the long endurance, physical strength endurance. I think I think they would have wiped the floor with the other four greats that were in that final. But that's just a random thing that the 3D puzzles reminded me of. And otherwise, Asaf, Raven, and Zara get the win. They pick Melissa, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that choice later on. It'll come up during the awards a couple different times. So we'll talk about that then finally we've got to talk about the arena tori melissa going home the whole thing now one of the goats we get tj a couple different times one of the goats this big lead up this big build up and then tori walks out now i need to preface this by saying i love tori i defend her fairly often when there's is criticisms lobbed against her or her friends or alliance or whatever I think she's an absolutely amazing human being outside of the game and in the game. I think she's an absolute badass and a legend and most of the other big time accolades and words you could ascribe to someone in this game. I would ascribe to her, but 
not one of the goats, not one of the goats. And this isn't even about Tori. This isn't about Tori at all because of everything I just said, though, that's what my feelings on Tori. And uh, yeah, I feel like I'm probably in the higher end of folks who on Tori and how I feel about her in the game and her standing in the game and how good she is at the game and everything else. This isn't about her. It's about if you haven't figured this out from years of listening to me, or maybe this is your first episode or somewhere in between. I have an obsession with being more literal and as a society, just being less hyperbolic and not taking every chance we get to say best or goat or worst or horrible or amazing, you know, not using those words every single time for every single situation and never labeling anything anywhere in between those two polar opposite ends of the spectrum. This is what I'm talking about here. It is not about Tori, who again, I think is amazing. But when you say one of the goats, Laurel and Kara are the next two people who are about to walk out of there when the women are in the elimination. They are two of the goats. They are maybe the top two women, depending on who you talk to in the history of the game, which is where about the line I would draw and allow the commentary of one of the goats, which goat by definition, there's only supposed to be one. And in this sport, because it's pretty divided, there's the men and there's the women. It's almost always somewhat separate, intertwined, but separate games all allow there to be two. There'll be a man and a woman, but we all allow you to stretch it to a couple of people. I won't allow you to stretch it to anyone who's maybe top five, top 10, top 15. They're one of the goats now. Okay. We're stretching it too far. My desire for being more literal, less hyperbolic. can't have that. So when Laurel and Carr are about to walk out the next two, we don't have to do the big grand buildup. I get why they did it. One, because again, Tori's amazing and great and they all love her Two. Production loves her. That was kind of part of one, but now it's also number two. And point three, and most importantly, they knew they would she would get as big of a pop from the cast as anyone, even the Laurels, Cars, CTs, etc., because all these people have played games with Tori and know her outside the game and everything else. So unlike when, you know, when someone walk when Brad walks in later and like most of them, they know who he is, but they haven't interacted with him, played with him, etc. It's not going to be the same thing. So I get why they did it, but uh, I didn't, I didn't love it. I do love Tori. I didn't love, uh, this, this, these words being used anyways. Uh, that doesn't really matter. What does matter is the game that is played, which is amazing, amazing. And I just told you how I don't like to be hyperbolic. So, you know, I actually mean this was fucking awesome. I loved it. This might've been one of my favorite elimination games. And I don't know how, how long, but a while, a while, many a season. Okay. Loved this. It just turns out that the competition was a snooze fest, but that doesn't take away from the design of the game. I just thought was brilliant and wonderful and great. And I loved everything about it. The The competition was a snooze fest. Tori, cool, calm, collected, came in, did work, got it done. No problems. Melissa did great considering she openly says this is a mix of things she struggles with. So power to her, love her. Thank you so much for the great TV all season long. Obviously, I missed a couple main Melissa moments from this episode. Don't worry. We will talk about them just in the awards segment coming up. But Tori wiped the floor uh, as expected, even in uh, an elimination that isn't necessarily tailored to her. But she is one of those who, I again, I will say is probably, for me, top 10 for sure on the female side. Maybe high. I don't know how high in that top 10, but she's certainly in it. With now trying to put my list together, I know she's certainly in it. She's amazing. I love her to death. And she's one of the best. I would have been fine with that. Just one of the goats makes me like, okay, I just, we're going to call three of the five women that come out one of the goats. It seems like we're not being literal enough for this historian's mindset, but that is fine. 
Um, and it should just be commented on though, after Jordan in that first one, we haven't had any of them totally geared for the champion, but the champs still keep on winning. They're what, four and one now, three and one. How many have we seen? We've seen three women and we've seen two men, or have we only seen one? We've seen Devin. I don't know. My memory is so bad. It's episode nine. No, we've only seen four. Yeah, that's what we've done. No, we've seen five. Jordan and Devin. Wow, that was some great podcasting right there, folks. Anyways, on to the awards. Starting with best quote, and this is where we'll get a little bit into the Melissa of it all from the episode because two nominees here, and only two because they're the only ones that deserve that reach this high of a bar. Quote, I think it'll be a lot harder for Asaf's wife to watch him swear to a mother like, hey, I'm not going to put you in because you're a mother. End quote from Kyland, who is then responded to by Asaf with say something about my mom, say something about my mom. Kylan responds with you're a bitch. And yeah, that was just that was fantastic. Second quote then is a little bit later from Melissa. I have more logical conversations with my three year old daughter than I do with Asaf. Vienna has a higher IQ than Asaf, 100 percent. Yeah, Melissa versus Soft was amazing. Uh, way to go, Kyland. Way to go so hard on the parent thing, Melissa. Like a true masterclass throughout this episode, throughout the season, but especially this episode, and using whatever you've got. And if it's parent, like for all the other challenge parents, there's a lot of them. We sometimes get annoyed as a fan base of like, you know, the Corey Warren. We know you're a dad by now, okay? Like we get it. We don't need to see you look at the pictures again. We get it. But. If you're going to, if you're going to do the parent thing in the house, like do it, like do it, lean all the way in, which is what Melissa does. It's fantastic. The moment where she hugs Asaf after they are eliminated uh, in the second or whatever station of the daily challenge. And she, you know, leans in, they show the flashback of it later. And it's like, remember, protect me. We're parents. It's just like, dude, she is going so hard on this guy over this parents ordeal but he did promise her and they did have a nice heart to heart about it and they have another one in this episode and he did lie um i'm not mad at him for making the decision and picking her he probably shouldn't have lied but that's what happens in a challenge house you overpromise because when you're just bored sitting around all day and you actually have a nice human conversation with someone and, and it's great and lovely and you support each other and you find a connection and then just in the moment you're like oh yeah like we just bonded. We just had a heart to heart. Like, I'm not going to ever say your name. And then two weeks later, you're like, well, shit, <laughs> that wasn't a part of the game. That was like human stuff. Like we're friends now, but like, you're not in my alliance and I'm obviously going to vote for you or just not stand up when Raven, who, by the way, masterclass in getting her way, Raven shuts down Zara in <laughs> that the little deliberation, which Asaf could have, you know, helped in and, you know, helped Zaza's side there. But uh, Raven, shout out to her. Shout out to Asaf, uh, even for <laughs> for being the liar, kind of, in this situation. Definite shout out to Melissa and Kylan. Loved everything. Uh, Melissa gets the quote of the week. Their best moment, obviously, Kylan and Asaf yelling at each other. Melissa yelling at Asaf later. Those are great. All the fuckboy Emmanuel content up until the moment Colleen was crying and not having fun because then I, I wasn't having as much fun because I really like Colleen a lot. Um, speaking of which, double, you know, add on to this as another best moment nominee, Berna. What a friend. What a friend. That talk she gives to Colleen, first and foremost, I didn't realize that I, I 
are they speaking German? And I didn't pick up. I think they're speaking German in that moment, which I believe is where Colleen is from, um, but didn't realize that they could talk to each other in a more native language. I don't think we've seen that before, have we? But love that they could. Love that Berna just goes in with, this is not what you want to hear by any means, but it's what you need to hear. Like she... I thought it was going to get contentious at first. And I didn't realize it was just like, not like we're friend enough that like, I can give you the real straight talk here. And Berna's like, you know, like you got to blame yourself for this. You knew, and you still did it and it's fine. It doesn't matter. Like move on, forget about it. Nothing this matters. Focus on the game. Who cares about him? What have you? Like she just goes in on her in in the best way possible. Like what a good friend. So find you a Berna in a moment where you just need to hear the, the honest truth and not just what you want to hear to maybe placate your feelings for a moment. Michelle giving Jay and Mariah shit during the daily. I think I referenced that before. Love that. And then, um, you know, they wanted it to be one of the moment of the episodes, but Asaf saying, you know, am I the new Devin and doing the face swap? Hate the face swaps. Don't do them. They're creepy. We don't need them on our television shows. Okay. We don't, we don't need them anywhere, but I get why they're on social media. We don't need them on the television show. Stop with the face swaps. And also Asaf, you're not Devin. Uh, you're not the new Devin. I love, I've really enjoyed Asaf. He's super fun. I like him. Um, him and Zaza are correct to be working on their mobility over their strength, but uh, you're not the new Devin. Devin wouldn't be working on his mobility or thinking anything about his mobility. He'd be drinking beers and wishing he were gambling. Okay, episode MVP. Tori does get her honorable mention. Uh, as much as I didn't love the tactics, it did bring storyline and entertainment to it, and she obviously kicked ass in the elimination. Raven, Berna, Colleen, Mariah, and then Melissa gets one MVP on her way out the door. As for the power rankings, I I don't know why. I guess it's just because who's won versus who lost at different points and because the only win so far has been a female is why they still had, you know, the one extra and they were able to go double back to back with the women's eliminations. I don't know how I didn't put that together before that that would probably happen at some point so that there could be a little extra chaos, if you will, but also to even the numbers out and always kind of keep them even and not let it get two people apart. So we're down to eight and eight. We assume five and five will go to the final somewhere around there. So maybe we got six more episodes and then a final that would put us at 16 total episodes. That sounds like a nice round number they've used before. We shall see if that's where it goes. As for those power rankings, though, they don't change a whole lot from last week to this week. On the men's side, keeping Jay number one, Emmanuel number two. I'm bumping Horacio and Corey up to third and fourth and bumping Ed down from third to fifth, mostly just because I think Ed is just chilling on that outer ring that we talked about and is going to probably put up the least fight when one of them has to get chosen. And because he'll put up the least fight, he'll get chosen. So I just, I don't know. The, the Alliance is coming into formation felt like he's a little bit more kind of just out floating in the breeze, having a good time until he's thrown in. And so he gets bumped down a little, a soft Kylan James still round out the bottom three. I don't love the position. Any of them are in as well connected as it seems like a soft has. It seems like we're being set up for a soft is really well connected, but is no one's kind of top, top dog. And that could come back to bite him. On the women's side, Norris stays in number one. What a position in the house again. Just what a position. Michelle and Raven bump up to second and third. I bumped Zaza down to fourth just because I think as much as we see her 
at first this episode, you're like, oh, she's getting in with a couple new people, making a little bit of moves here. And then it's like, well, she got in with Mariah. And now everyone's like, Mariah, you're the pariah. You get out of here. And uh, so maybe that's not great for Zara. So and hopefully at some point they're like, wait, you're a threat. We should maybe target you. You're not an alliance and you're maybe the biggest threat. We should. It seems like a good reason to throw you in. Olivia, Berna, Colleen, Mariah drops all the way to the bottom of the power rankings. As for predictions, we're not doing them this week, okay? We have one prediction outstanding that Jay will go against CT, and we'll keep an eye out for that and find out if it ever comes to fruition. But I'm just going to do some wishes for next week because I'm so bad at these predictions, y'all. I am so bad at them. So bad. And I'm tired of being wrong every week. So I'm going to take a week off from the predictions. And instead, we're going to do a couple wishes. Here's what I want to happen next week, okay? I want Horacio to win the daily and then have to make some sort of call. I think that's the most interesting on the men's side. Is it interesting if he gets you know thrown in and has to start doing the elimination thing again? I guess so a little bit. But I kind of want to see him put in that position to squirm as he seems to finally realize uh, that you know he needs to do something. He's maybe the last time forces him to be more comfortable the second time around and actually making a decision, saying some names, stirring some things up. And so I just kind of want to see. I, I kind of find him as the most interesting on the male side and what we would expect is a male week next week to get the win. Darrell, uh, I believe, based on the number of seasons, maybe they said although him and him and brad are both right around they say 14 and depending what all you're counting and i didn't totally look before they're both right around that number when you count all-star seasons so uh have to see about that but i think it's Darrell, and it's Darrell or brad either one whichever one it is it's not ct yet Darrell or brad um Pulling the chaos, I just, I want them to pull the chaos thing again. I, I, I was really hoping that we get like four-ish more, or maybe four out of 10 would be good. People pulling the chaos one, that would be ideal. It's more fun. And especially if it's Darrell, who's just going to be like, I don't, I don't know any of these people. I don't really care at any of these people. And probably being the one that like, look, actually is like, just looks at the game looks at the people and picks the person who physically looks the profile of someone he can beat in the game the easiest because Darrell's about that money and he doesn't give a shit otherwise for being there. So I want that to happen. I think it would just be a funny moment and just don't pick Corey or Ed, please. And thank you. Don't, don't do that. Do not do that. Let my two faves, let all three of my faves, Michelle, Corey, Ed, get them to the final at all costs. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm wishing most. I'm really enjoying the season. If, uh, if you have, commentary either of similar variety that you are really enjoying it or you are maybe on the other side you're one of the folks that i see out there on twitter and elsewhere complaining and complaining and not liking this season if you have a coherent argument to put forward on either side feel free dms are open at challenge historian i know i've been a little slow the last week week and a half at responding to some of those there's some of you that are sitting on you know multiple days here uh without a, a second or third response back I will get to you. Uh, it's just been a little crazy and haven't really been online on social media online really a lot uh, recently, but I'll get back there. So the DMs will be answered, just maybe not in the most timely fashion. But I do want to hear people, if you have like a real, not just the season sucks, screw this cast, like that type of stuff. I'm still going to respond to you because I, I can't help myself. I enjoy talking about the challenge, even if it's it's that. But if you have like a real reason, you're like, I, it's missing this or the cast is missing this or any anything on the negative side of a, a real a real argument, let me know. I would love to hear it because I'm still really enjoying the season. 
I've, you know, we're not going to do the full monologue here again at the very end of this podcast when we've done it a couple times throughout the season. And I'll probably end up doing one big one again on the season recap in, you know, 17 months when this season is over. If, if there is one thing I don't totally love, I'm not, I love a 12 episode season, man. I just really like a 12 episode season, tight three months. You know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Two of those a year, half the year covered in challenge. That's, that's what we're here for. Okay. But I digress. This is episode nine, B-Fank. It's in the books. We'll be back next week for episode number 10, which let's see, next week, not quite holiday yet, right? Yeah, so in the holiday really won't impact any of the recordings. We should be here every Wednesday night. So that's that. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Until next time, peace.